Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. So my name is Earl. I'm a recovering car dealer. And I got uh, uh, a lot of things going on here. I got a, a phone ringing in my ear because I got the owner of the radio station calling me. But I can't answer the phone because we're in live radio. Uh, if this sounds confusing to you, just think it how confusing it sounds to us in the studio. So, once again, Earl Stewart on Cars. We're a show all about cars, about how not to be ripped off by your car dealer. We've been doing this for about 14 years, and uh, we're unique. Uh, we help you uh, to explain how to buy a car without being taken advantage of, how to lease a car without being taken advantage of, or for that matter, maintain or repair your car. So it's a really interesting show. Uh, I hope we have some folks out there listening because we started 15 minutes late, and then when we started, um, we weren't really on the air, but we can talk about that some other time. Let's talk about what we do to help you and what you do to help us. One of the things you can do to help us is call our show. We thrive on your calls. And we have a phone number here, which, unfortunately, I'm unable. You can give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, you do make the show, as I say, every Saturday. And do we have a great show for the next two hours. And that wonderful voice you're listening to was Nancy Stewart, who's my co-host. Nancy Stewart is a woman's advocate. Uh, to help women specifically how not to be taken up by car dealers. And sitting next to Nancy is Rick Kearney. Rick Kearney is a certified diagnostic master technician. means he knows everything about the mechanics, electronics, and the computerization of cars. I've added computerization 14 years ago when we started the show. There wasn't much computerization in cars, but today there's a whole, whole lot. So Rick is really an auto computer scientist. And if you have any problems with your car, if you have questions with some of the bells and whistles, the gadgets, uh, really high-tech stuff on cars today, Rick Kearney is the guy that can answer the question. And if you want to ask the question on the telephone, you call us at 877-960-9960. We're we're kind of a cyber outfit now, given with the times and high-tech, and we're on Facebook and uh, we're also on YouTube. We're streaming. We're streaming our show live. And you can see us on Facebook at Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart on Cars. www.facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart on Cars. And stream us live in color. Video. It's very exciting. YouTube and uh, Twitter. We're out there in cyberspace. But the old-fashioned folks can call us at 877-960-9960. And we like text. We like text because we can kind of store them. I like text. And Stu is our text guy. I forgot to introduce Stu. Stu is my son. And uh, uh, he's my partner in the business. Full transparency. Your baby. That's right. Baby boy. Loving son. You're my older son. But uh, (laughs) Stu is... uh, He's, he's in touch with the millennials and all the folks out there that are texting us and tweeting us and uh, YouTubing us, I guess, is posting 
on YouTube and posting on Facebook. And uh, if you want to text us, you text us at area code 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And uh, I'll be right with you, Rick. I just wanted to say that that uh, we have something that if you haven't listened to the show before, is just dynamite. And that is a mystery shopping report. The most exciting thing we do in the show, and I'm telling you so you will stay tuned. And we do that for the latter part of the show. We visit a car dealer somewhere in South Florida, sometimes even North Florida or Western Florida. We, we go all over. We pretend undercover agent pretends to buy a car. It's a lot of fun. And we go through the whole process Responding generally to an ad, sometimes we go in to see if we can buy a car with a dangerous recall, like a Takata airbag car that has not been fixed. We do all that, and we spend a, a, quite a while in the dealership. We name names, we tell you who the salesman was, who the dealer was, and then we score that dealership. We give him a grade. If he passes, we put him on our recommended dealer list. If he fails, we put him on, you better not buy from this car dealer. And we have a list for that, too. You can access all this information on our blog. And that's simply earloncars.com. www.earloncars.com. You can read the blogs. You can see the YouTube channel. You can see the Twitter. You can see the Facebook. Everything we do is there on Earl on Cars. And, Rick, you had a comment. I just wanted to say, if folks, if you don't want to text or call in, you can also comment on our Facebook page and yeah. YouTube page. Because we're monitoring both of those yeah. and right here to answer your questions. Exactly. So, um, again, anybody that went through the turmoil at the beginning, uh, we apologize. Uh, live radio, I've often thought, what happens if I have a flat tire on the way to the studio? Well, I did one time, actually, and I called the you studio. You drove on the rims. I, I drove on the rims, and I <laughs> also called the radio show, and we were able to do it. Uh, so, for some reason... Um, we weren't able to start on time. Uh, there was a, some miscommunication somewhere, and we didn't start on time. But we're on the show. For, this is a two-hour show. We go from until uh, 10, 10 a.m. So we're going to be uh, here for another, what, an hour and a half. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960 or text us. is 772-497-6530. Uh, Nancy, you have a point? I do. Ladies, good morning. I'm waiting to hear from you. Give us a call toll-free. You can win yourself $50. The first two new lady callers win yourself $50. Just give me a call. You can talk about anything. Uh, ask a question. Give us uh, you know, your comment about the show. And that number is 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And this, the woman that you just heard, Nancy Stewart, my wife and my co-host, uh, we often appear together at speaking engagements, and we speak all over to Rotary Clubs and Kiwanis Clubs, condominium associations, uh, men's clubs, women's clubs, and we like to get out. So if any folks out there have some sort of an organization, uh, we speak before small groups, uh, maybe 20 or 30 people, and large groups, hundreds of people. Rick Kearney joins us. Uh, he's our technical guy. Nancy's the female advocate person, 
and I'm kind of the general all-over person. So if you need a guest speaker, uh, we're a team, Rick, Nancy, and myself. Love to uh, book us. If you book us for, uh, we don't have a, a speaking fee, by the way. In fact, I often give out copies of my book, uh, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Uh, I, like to, I prefer to sell the book. And it's available on Amazon, but when we speak, I typically give out free copies. It's kind of a how-to-do-it book on how not to be taken advantage of by a car dealer. Uh, it's a summary of pretty much everything you hear on this show. And the reason I like to sell it is not because I like to make money. I don't like to make a profit. I donate 100% of the proceeds of the sale of Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer uh, to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. That's our favorite charity. And uh, it's an amazing organization uh, located on Okeechobee Boulevard in Loxahatchee Groves. That's west of West Palm Beach, Okeechobee Boulevard. Beautiful, beautiful brand new spread to take care of doggies. And it's the largest no-kill shelter in Florida. Uh, last year, we saved over 10,000 dogs. Now that sounds, that's, I didn't, that's not a mistake. Last year we saved so many dogs from the hurricanes that we had. That was from the Virgin Islands in Puerto Rico and South Carolina. That was about 6,000 and we found homes for those doggies. But locally we found homes for, in Palm Beach County, uh, about 4,000. So 6,000 to 4,000, that's how many dogs we saved. And this year we're shooting for another record number. And we're expanding the facility at Big Dog Ranch Rescue. And if you want to look at the website, it's simply www.bdrr, as in Big Dog Ranch Rescue, .org. www.bdrr, Big Dog Ranch Rescue, .org, O-R-G. So please give us a call, 877-960-9960. Stu has a text that came in at 772-497-6530. So text us at that number. We love the text. Stu, what's the text got to say? Well, actually, this text <coughs> is a comment on Facebook, or a question on oh, Facebook. Oh, good, good. It's from Donald Brown. He wants to know, and this is probably for Rick, uh, does Toyota require or recommend Toyota, the Toyota oil filter for Camry on oil changes? Would another brand be okay? It's actually not a requirement. Toyota, of course, is going to recommend their own brand, but any good high-quality brand would be just fine. Uh, Fram, Purolator. Pretty much they're all going to be the same. They're, the quality is right up there on those aftermarket brands. And, of course, my recommendation, go right to Earl and Nancy's favorite publication, Consumer Reports, and just double-check there to see who makes the best one. That's a, that's a perfect answer. You know, you, you have manufacturers, and they do know how uh, their product works better than anybody else, and they typically uh, design a very good part uh, for their vehicle and this goes for all manufacturers however they also tend to charge a little bit more and uh, you just have to decide where uh, what your pocketbook your budget can afford and you can get some really good aftermarket parts but you also can get some parts that can cause you a problem yep. so if you want to play it safe and you can afford to pay the uh, price for OEM original equipment manufactured parts you, ought, you, you probably ought to do it, especially when it comes to safety. The OEM parts, original equipment manufacturer parts, where they give me a problem is with crash parts with automobiles. Mm -hmm. And we know for a fact that the aftermarket parts have never been safety yeah. tested. Rick? Uh, just one mention, though, on, on maintenance items, it's actually not a bad idea to have all your maintenance is done at a dealership. 
they're quite competitive in the pricing but the best part about it is all that maintenance information is available nationwide for any dealer of any maker model to anyone so when you decide to trade your car in or to sell your car say you're going to sell it private deal that new owner can simply go to that web go to that company and say can you pull a history on this car for me and they can show every maintenance that's been done on that car to let you know that that car's been well taken care of. Mm-hmm. I got a question. Uh, you know what? Is, you know what kind of price difference are you talking about between a Toyota and an aftermarket filter? Uh, for an oil filter, you're only talking maybe a dollar or two. Okay. Filters are, are relatively inexpensive, and especially now that a lot of them are going away from that metal cartridge filter, and all it is is just the paper element. We're talking only a few dollars. And the best thing about these new paper elements is that when they are being recycled, it's so much less expensive to recycle those that people are more willing to do it. The companies have an easier time with it, and it's better for the environment. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. And another thing, and Rick made the point that that you can have your car repaired maintenance-wise, not repaired, you can have your maintenance done by a car dealer. Uh, the car dealers typically will have their maintenance items lower priced. And they do that for a good reason. It's kind of, if you come in for your maintenance when you do have a repair, then you're going to be in the habit of going back to that car dealer. But that's where you have to kind of watch yourself because the car dealers will typically price repair items much higher. Another good reason to go to your car dealer to have your maintenance done is because a lot of the manufacturers now are giving you maintenance free for a period of time. The maintenance is so little on the modern cars that they can afford to give an oil change, tire rotations, because it's really all you really need for the first couple of years. After after the car is out of warranty, then you get into the more expensive maintenance, typically starting around 30,000 miles. So if you really want to maximize your economic advantage, take it to your car dealer for your routine maintenance. And the first time you have an expensive repair, shop and compare the price. And also mentioned... Uh, Consumer Reports by Rick, Nancy and Mai's favorite publication. Uh, There's a great publication here, and this was the February edition. If you pick up the February edition or go online, they have a great story on auto repair chains. And they tell you in that uh, section there, Pep Boys is a good one. There's a place called Tires Plus, uh, and they mention the better franchises too. So... Uh, you can't go wrong with Consumer Reports. No, you can't. Rick, I have a question for you. Those two filters that we just talked about, uh, you said the uh, less expensive uh, would be to go somewhere else. But is there a difference in either one of the filters? No, and believe it or not, a lot of these companies actually buy that paper element filter from the same place. Some some of the design changes are a little bit there, but for the most part, the quality is just as good, especially if you're getting a good known, known name brand filter like Fram, Purelater, the companies that have been in business a long time, they're not going to mess you around. Just save your receipts so that you can prove where you got it, and you're covered. Great information, Rick. Uh, Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. We're going to go to Brad, who's holding in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. 
I have a quick question. I, I know that your dealership does not charge a dealer fee. I was looking at a used vehicle this week. It was a luxury vehicle, and the dealer fee was $799. But I, the question I have is they had an electronic filing fee for $149 and a uh, title and registration fees of approximately 500 it said. This seemed a little high to me, and I'm just wondering, are those normal fees? Well, they're normal, unfortunately, because that's what almost all the car dealers in Florida do. We, uh, as you say, my dealership uh, doesn't charge a dealer fee. I don't. I know of no other that does not charge a dealer fee. Uh, one. Yeah, there is one. Which one is Mullinax and Apopka. Mullinax of, of Ford. Ford. Yeah. Mullinax Ford and Apopka. Uh, Carmax used not to charge one, then they went back and charged one. Some of the car dealers dropped them and added, but a dealer fee is simply a generic term for something that goes by many names, and they use it to puff the price up after they quote the price or advertise the price. And it's unfortunate. It's a really a disgrace to our regulatory agencies and to our uh, legislators that they allow this to exist. We have a mystery shopping report we're going to cover later in the program where the car dealer advertised a car excluding uh, about uh, $900 in dealer fees. He had them yeah. all together yeah. and then popped it on the uh, when the person came in to buy the car, a mystery shopper it happened to be. wasn't even disclosed as it's required by law on the uh, vehicle buyer's order. Uh, and it was not disclosed even in the fine print on the advertising. So it's a gotcha fee. It's an extra bump in price that is illegal, but the dealers persist in doing it. All right, thank you. I just was wondering about those two fees, if that's a normal cost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's illegal. They, they're not supposed to include, they're supposed to include all of their non-government fees in the price of the car. If they don't do, if they don't do that, they're breaking the law. And unfortunately, the regulators, Attorney General's office, and all the other regulators don't pay any attention to it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Brad. Give us a call again, Brad. 877-960-9960, or you can text us. We'd love to get a text from you, 772-497-6530. And don't forget, we've got the Mystery Shopping Report coming up from Bremen Honda, and uh, so much more to look forward to. We've got uh, some time to spend with you. We want to thank you for spending your time with us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. 877-960-9960, and we got some text. That's right. we got text coming in. Uh, first is from Johnny in Riviera Beach. says, when your show didn't start at 8 o'clock, I said, oh, no, those mean car dealerships have gotten together and had Earl thrown <laughs> off the air. Thank God that wasn't true. Enjoy your show. <laughs> we, well, we worried the same thing. <laughs> well, Johnny, I, I, yeah, I appreciate sure. that. I, there's a huge amount of pressure. Uh, I get asked the question all the time, uh, how do the other car dealers feel about uh, you and uh, it's kind of a joke now. Of course, they they don't like me, and uh, my my standard joke always gets a laugh when I'm speaking in public. I say I have a Kevlar vest right. underneath my shirt. Uh, I don't think anybody would literally take a <laughs> shot at me, but there's some crazy people out there, and you never know. You might get a pie in the face. I might get a pie in the face. I like that. That'd be kind of funny. Depends on the pie. Yeah, It'd go viral. I could do a YouTube. If it was key lime, it would make you happy. Exactly, uh, Rick. I just got a uh, question on the uh, YouTube channel from Ed. He was asking our views on the Tesla Model 3. 
whether it's a good buyer or bad. Uh, my personal view is I like the car. I, I like Teslas. I just, I love the technology in it. But I did look it up on Consumer Reports, and believe it or not, the 2019 Tesla Model 3 is rated as a 77 out of 80. Yeah, they're, so they're, that's actually not too bad anymore. Well, uh, that's not. It was a hundred when the when they first had when the Tesla first came out. It was the only car ever to get a perfect score, mm-hmm. and the quality and the technology slipped uh, on the Model Three. Just uh, an FYI, uh, Volkswagen is uh, going to uh, introduce a similar uh, competitive vehicle to the Model Three that'll be much less expensive. Uh, the other problem with Tesla is that they're losing their and they've lost their subsidy from the government. Uh, the uh, electric car rebate right, the tax credit. and uh, they've lowered their prices to try to accommodate that uh, they've got some other although they were profitable the last quarter uh, there's a lot of uh, concern now whether uh, Tesla will be around much longer so I would not recommend that anybody buy a Tesla today based on all of that however it's still a good vehicle it's it's not as good as it was in my opinion and Nancy and I even considered buying one uh, about a year ago but uh I'd hold off before I bought a Tesla, would be my advice. Nervousness mm-hmm. about that company may be going. Yeah. yeah. I think we have some text, don't we, still? We got more. Uh, my, this is from Andrew in Jupiter. It says, my insurance company is offering discounts on my car insurance if I install one of their tracking devices, which monitors my driving habits. How is it doing, how is it doing this, and should I be concerned about other personal information it may be gathering? Is this information shared with anyone else outside of the insurance company? Andrea, I would ask those questions of the insurance company, and I would want to see it in writing. My guess is there is no invasion of privacy. Of course, it depends on whether you trust the word and the written word of your insurance company. If you get it in writing, uh, I would uh, I would bank on it because if they put it in writing and they violate your privacy rights, you might be a, a millionaire quite soon because a big insurance company's got a lot of money. Rick? There is another side to that, something I've been encountering at the shop. Um, uh, those devices pretty much are being made by the cheapest companies they can find because they're not charging you for them. They're simply handing them out. Uh, we have actually seen quite a few cases, cars coming in with a check engine light on because those devices are actually shorting or grounding out and they're putting bad information into what's now, called are you the talking about, excuse me for interrupting. Car. Excuse me for interrupting, but mm-hmm. are you talking about the black boxes that the insurance companies put on the car or the black boxes that the manufacturers put on the car? The Those little plug-in devices that Progressive and Allstate, oh. that they hand you yeah. and they say, yeah, just plug this in your car yeah. so we can see how fast you're driving and things like that, and they give you a discount on them. Andrea, my advice is that you go for it if you are a safe driver <laughs> and uh even if you're not a safe driver but you'd like to become a safe driver right. i think that the psychological impact yeah. on these devices would be a, a wonderful thing i would recommend these devices for anybody with a lead foot who can't control themselves yeah mm. a little pressure and doesn't hurt if if you know that you're saving money and you also know that in the event of an accident if it's your fault and let's say you're really nutty and you're going 100 miles an hour and you cause an accident uh, there goes your alibi right there because it's documented and even if you found the little box and took it off that would probably be a criminal intent and you'd really be in trouble there so if you if you want to be a safe driver 
I think it's a good idea. But to get the uh, comments on the privacy in writing from your insurance company. Okay. Uh, we are going to go to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Wow. Yeah. Right. First female caller of the morning, and that is Janan. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. So Thank you so much. You've won yourself $50. Well, that's an awesome surprise this Saturday morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what can we do for um, you? Well, my question is, my husband just purchased a 2017 Toyota Tacoma this week from Carvana, mm -hmm. and it only came with one key. A mobile locksmith will charge over $100 to give us another key, and I believe Toyota dealerships will charge over, I think, 250 or $260. Um, he did. He was able to purchase a key from Lowe's to unlock the car in case we needed to, but it doesn't actually start the car. What would you suggest to do about purchasing a second key? Uh, I would. I would suggest that you look around a little bit further. Have you tried Ace Hardware or some of the other uh, other hardware stores? I know you said you tried Lowe's, but have you tried uh, some others? We have not. We literally just got the car delivered to our house on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and my husband's been driving it around. So I'm going to eventually need a set of keys, you know, to have in case we have to, you know, switch kids or, sure. or meet somewhere. So, sure. So Ace Hardware and anything else? That uh, I'm trying to. Deal than the well, well the, the, the reason the dealers overcharge and the manufacturers overcharge for these, um, these keys. I know it's not a smart key on the Tacoma, um, but it does have, okay. it, it does need to be programmed to the car. Dealers do use some vendors that come in and do a cheaper version where they come in, they do it for their used cars. Um, I don't know if these are available to the public. Um, Rick is okay. shaking his head no. Um, unfortunately, you might have to go to the dealership and just beat them up on the price of the, yeah. of the replacement key to program it. Well, the, the alternative I is um, places like Ace Hardware, they have the ability that what they get are these special blank keys. It's, it's an immobilizer key that has the chip in it, but what they do is they take your key, they plug it into the machine, and it reads the code from it and simply programs their key to be a clone yeah. of that original key, and yeah. then they cut it, and it works. Okay. Uh, and they're much less expensive. Janan, the reason I mention that is there was a, a special on the local television channel here in Palm Beach County, Florida, WPTV, um, and they, they did a consumer check of these keys because it is, as Stu said, it's a terrible price, very high price you have to pay for these smart keys. And uh, the manufacturer charges the dealers too much and the dealers mark up the key too much. So you're really caught in the middle. But a lot of the hardware stores now, as Rick said, can buy these blanks and they can make these keys for you much, much less expensive. So I just, I just Google uh, this and I was sorry. Ace Hardware stuck in my mind, but they mentioned several other hardware stores too. I'm surprised Lowe's was so expensive, but try try some more hardware stores. And if you and if you don't have any luck, you can call us back. Uh, our dealership would be glad to make a key for you and uh, give it to you at our okay. cost. Okay, thank you so much. You've been very helpful. Well, thanks for the call and hang on the sure. line yes, so sir. Rudy can get your contact information and we're going to send you fifty bucks. Thanks, All right, thanks so much. Thanks, Janelle. Give us a call again. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 
Have a great day. Uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. It was one of my projects that I have to do next week is take my remote and uh, go out and get some pricing on it because it is ridiculously expensive yes. to replace that or get a second key. I'm looking forward to when it's more common where you can use your smartphone to get into your car. Yeah. I know that's, that's available now, but... Yeah. It needs to become more widespread. Yeah, and just uh, and for you folks yeah. that are maybe not aware of this, and you just bought a new car uh, with the keyless remotes, uh, when you go into a car dealership now and you buy yourself a car used or new, if they have the keyless remotes, insist on getting two keys. And uh, if they won't give you two keys, then you need to negotiate the price of the car. Mm-hmm. And when you get the two keys, you want to be sure you put the extra key in a very safe place. These keys. These keys are can be very expensive. How high, Stu? Three hundred and fifty bucks? Yeah, higher than that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. five hundred bucks. It, they're so expensive cars. that car yeah. dealers sell insurance for lost keys. Yeah, you can actually buy an insurance policy for a lost key. So if you haven't bought a new car in a while and you're used to the old-fashioned key, be very careful. You might even want to take the key insurance, but you're probably smarter just to take the the extra key and put it in your safety deposit box. Yeah, it's a crazy world. We live <laughs> is, is it? We're, we're in a world where phones are a thousand dollars and keys are five hundred dollars. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's insane. Does that make us? Does that make old. any <laughs> sense? Makes you feel old again. Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. What I was going to say about the remotes, you know, it was just a couple of years ago that I tried to get one because I had misplaced about 600 and some dollars, and I, I couldn't believe that it was going to be that expensive. And that re- was after I gave you a big discount. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I think it's all a conspiracy pushing us towards autonomous cars that are going to be owned by some centralized company, and we won't even need a key anymore. Yeah. Well, you heard it first here, folks. Uh, we have the uh, uh, comedy team that's back. We have uh, Earl Stewart. We have Rick. <laughs> we also have some techs. <laughs> and we're having a great like time. Yeah. That's Con- right. Join us. Give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And Stu does have some texts for us. I love our listeners. They keep giving us questions we've never heard before. So here's one from Anne Murray. Um, I hope you all are well. However, we're coming into the peak of cold and flu season with people coughing, sneezing, and hacking all over the place. My question is, what is the best way to disinfect the interior surfaces, steering wheel, controls, seats, and handles of a car? Can a driver use uh, disinfectant wipes, or would that damage the interior? What is the best way to keep a car from turning into a rolling biohazard? Mm. Great question. That is. And I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know. That's great. Uh, Anne-Marie, I think we're going to have to research that. I mean, there's some probably uh, a million answers to yeah. that, but I don't think we have a good answer for you. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, when you consider you're in a, an enclosed uh, uh, box in a car, and anything in there is going to be in the air. Yeah. On the surfaces, the one thing I would probably recommend against, just because my prior career in the arts, anything with a solvent like alcohol, don't put it on the surfaces because it will probably degrade that surface. So yeah. don't rub, smear Purell or other um, no, uh, no, on, no, the, on your no. steering wheel. Here's my thought on the subject. The, you know, the uh, cabin filter that filters the air that comes in. Yeah. Rick, is that... Does that, besides dust, does it get microbes out? Will it take out uh, bacteria? I mean, something that can make you sick? 
There are certain types that will. We have ones that have what's called activated charcoal that not only do they work on some very obnoxious odors, but they will also help to reduce bacteria and other germs getting through. So if you keep your uh, if you keep your AC on research, I mean on fresh air, bringing in air out of the outside, and you have a really good filter, you are probably keeping your car pretty clean. Yeah, that's going to be one of the safer ways. If you're on recirculate, whatever's there is going to stay there. Yep. And uh, okay, well, I think we're making a little progress. And yeah. of course, if you're going to use any sort of those uh, Lysol or Clorox wipes, anything like that, I would highly recommend try one. Like they always say with any cleaner, test it in an inconspicuous spot first. Wipe just a little bit. Wait a day. Look at it. If everything seems okay, you should be all right to use that on most of the contact surfaces. And and Anne-Marie, I've used a variety of different cleaners inside my Avalon, and I don't see any damage yet, but I'm one of those people that are always looking for microorganisms and a way to eliminate them. Uh, And I've used everything from the floor of my vehicle uh, with uh, Clorox cleanup that Rick just said, well, you better test a small area. I recommend that. And uh, also, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've got baby wipes in my car. I've got Neutrogena's, uh, which have a bit of a base uh, oil, w- w- which would protect the leather. So there's a variety of things that I've used. So uh, thank you for the uh, text. Okay, I think we got some more text, don't we, Stu? We do. It's from Linda, who is our longtime Facebook fan. I was watching the show um, live on Facebook this morning. Um, I lost her text, but I know what it was. <laughs> she <laughs> bought a car in Georgia, a brand-new car, and they dropped the ball and didn't tell her how to work all the bells and whistles, all the high-tech stuff. Her question is, can I take it to any other uh, car dealership of the same make, and will they help me? Depends on the car dealer. Exactly. It. <laughs> uh, it's a challenge now. I, I talk about how cars have changed, and cars have changed so dramatically in the past five or six years that you really need if you've looked at your owner's manual uh it's it's about the size of an encyclopedia britannica now uh, i don't think we have encyclopedias anymore we have but if you remember what the encyclopedias used to look like before google i do and uh you're right there's our encyclopedia <laughs> eric's holding up his smartphone uh so uh, you really need to insist when you buy a car once you buy the car and you leave the dealership unfortunately you're at a disadvantage in a lot of dealerships because the salesman earned his commission and when he sees you again unless you're getting ready to buy another car he's not going to remember who you are so be sure that you understand as much as you need to in that car i can tell you right now you're never going to understand everything about that car in my opinion the cars are too complex today and there's too many things on cars They got too many buttons, and I have actually pushed buttons on my car that I didn't know what they were, mm-hmm. and that's dangerous. Rick and I've pushed button. mu- buttons on your car. You push each other's buttons. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Again, there we have the comedy team. <laughs> well, I set them up, he drops it. I will give my biggest secret for looking like a genius mm. when it comes to knowing how to operate cars, and I pull out my smartphone very discreetly, mm-hmm. and I go to YouTube, yeah. and I look and see if there's a video on how to pair an Android phone, how to pair an Apple phone, how to make that CarPlay work, how the Google Car apps. 
the Waymo maps, the the uh, Waze. You do that on the you show, mean, too. You mean you're not the smartest guy on cars, but I always thought you were. And you, you've you been doing that on this Here show. Here we go again, and ladies I'm, and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you right now that I don't need to be the smartest guy because i got the world of knowledge if at my fingertips. If you lose that phone, you're fired. I'm done. Yeah. If I lose that phone, I'm just jumping yeah. off a cliff because I'm done. my phone, I'm He's firing myself. He's got a backup phone. Yeah. Folks, uh, YouTube has so many great answers you know, obviously, take it, watch through the video once to make sure they're not somebody yeah. being a troll. But mm. you will find so much great information out there that can help you while you're just sitting in your car. And it will show you how to work those controls sometimes to make life so much easier. Thank yeah. you so much, Rick. Uh, we're going to go to Matt. He's calling from Stewart. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning. Uh, so we went down yesterday and purchased a Highlander from you. At a little yep. Stewart Toyota. Mm. Very, very impressed with the staff. Uh, Brian Casey of uh, the used yeah. cars. Yeah, Brian's and, great. Um, very good. Very nice guy. My wife with her six cents. Uh, Love the guy. Well, mm-hmm. thank you very much. You know, yeah, he's a. And, and Skyler was, you know, everybody's really helpful. I encourage anybody. If you're looking for newer used, this, the team is dynamite. They're well, just dynamite. Well, Matt, tell everybody we didn't pay you to say that, nice. and I thank you very no, much. No, you didn't. But <laughs> I, you're I, making I, a real blush. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was awesome. That's why I called in. Well, I appreciate it. That's why. I, That's. I, I'm really impressed. Thank you, Matt. Uh, we appreciate the kind words. We really do. And I, I, I have to say that. You know, in transparency, I have to tell people I am a car dealer, but this show is not an infomercial. We don't really promote ourselves. And I have to tell you, I do get a little bit of pride when someone like you calls in and promotes us. We appreciate it very much. But uh, we're here to serve the uh, the listeners out there and the watchers about how we can help them any way we can. And uh, you have a great day, Matt, and please call again. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for being part of the show. 877-960-9960-772 is that text number. 772-497-6530. I think that was Bev Smith. You know, we were talking about before and we were laughing and I was telling, uh, I was joking with Rick, I'm going to fire him if he loses his iPhone because Google is his brain. You know, the fact of the matter is that Google is all, is all of our brains. And uh, uh, the problem is there are a whole lot of people out there. I'm one of them. I know how to use Google, but I have to remind myself every time. Excuse uh, me? I'll ask, yeah. I have to remind you to use Google. Yeah. <laughs> Stu, <laughs> Stu and I will go to lunch, and I'll say, Stu, and I'll ask him a question. That's he, why he does it to me. And then Stu will say, have you, you Googled it? it? Did you Google it? <laughs> so that, that ought to be the name of a book, have you Googled it? We all who grew up, you know, a few years back, uh, haven't adapted to the fact that we live in a world of artificial intelligence. We have artificial intelligence. This is my artificial intelligence, and we all have one of these things. And uh, a lot of folks out there just haven't adapted. And some people, I have friends my age that don't use Google, don't mm-hmm. have a smartphone. You know, there are people out there with flip phones, uh, there are people out there without flip phones. So th- this show is something for... Th- for a lot of the older people and people who haven't adapted, you know, you don't have to be that old. This thing has only been around for, what, 12 years, too? How long have iPhones existed? 2007. 
Okay. So that's 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. I didn't do the math. Buffett has a flip. So that hasn't, that, that's very recently. And so we admit freely that we use Google. We tell you if you don't know how to use Google, yeah. learn how to use it. It is truly a supplement to your intelligence. Yep. Steven Goldberg, who happens to be a service advisor who works for us, commented, and he's probably embarrassed now that I'm reading his text. Uh, he says, I Google all kinds of tech information on our cars. It's impossible to keep up with all the tech yeah. in new cars. You want to be the smartest kid on the block? Be the best Googler on the yeah. block. That's all it takes. And <coughs> the sum total of human knowledge mm -hmm. is in this little thing right here. Everything that mankind has learned since the beginning of man yeah. is in here. I have two kids in high school, and they teach them how to do effective um, research using Google, how to parse bad information from good information. Because yep. it's really encouraging that the schools even recognize that it's a it's yeah. a valid form. It's a like you said, it's an external lobe of our brain that we all share. Sure. Uh, let me uh, get back on track with Earl Stewart on cars, and uh, Nancy will remind you of this later. But we we do a newspaper column. Uh, this column is in the Florida Weekly. And the head of the, the title is Attention Car Salesman, Join My Witness Protection Plan. So you can read this in the Florida Weekly or the Hometown News. It's also on my blog site, along with hundreds and hundreds of other of my blogs at earloncars.com, www.earloncars.com. This particular column has to do with a class action suit that we are in the beginning stages of. And I'm working with a firm of attorneys, class action attorneys, uh, to sue large dealers for violating the Florida's Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. The dealers often call it FDUPTA, Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act, which is to deceive people into buying a car at a price. And this price does not include extra charges that dealers commonly called generically called dealer fees. These are non-government fees that are hidden from the buyers. And these fees, unfortunately, have grown to the point now where they're thousands of dollars, at least hundreds of dollars. Uh, they've been around for a long time. It's getting to the point now where these dealer fees materially distort the price that you pay for the car. And oftentimes, you don't know, even when you pay the dealer fee, you think it's a legitimate government fee. Um, I have been uh, fighting this for a long, long time, and my dealership does not charge a dealer fee. The mystery shops that we do uh, always disclose the dealer fee. We've come to the point now where if dealers charge dealer fees, we don't count that against them on the mystery <coughs> shopping report because if we did, everybody would be on the do not buy list. Exactly. So dealers commonly charge dealer fees. If you're going to buy a car in Florida, folks, you need to be sure that you get an out-the-door price. And that's the price that you can write a check out for and bring it to the dealer and give him the check and he gives you the car. Total 100%. Car dealers are the only place where you can't get that. I think we have a caller. We do. John's calling from Palm City. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show. Good morning to everyone. I just have a question. Quick question for Rick. With the extreme temperatures that we've been many of the states, the average car, if somebody buys a used car, and if it's a, like a northern car, would Rick recommend to do a test on it, the car has proper antifreeze in it? 
I mean, Rick, what's the answer? What is the average car in the antifreeze? What temperature is it down to? What will the lowest be? I'm sure a car with minus 40 or 50 could have a problem with crack blocks. Would a radiator test, pressure test, uh, detect any defect with that car that was used up north? If there was any damage to the engine or radiator, uh, especially a crack in the block or cylinder head, or even if the head gasket itself were to start leaking, it, it would show up pretty quickly performance-wise. And yes, a, a radiator pressure test would definitely show it, as would a compression test on the engine itself. Would that be covered by warranty, even though it was a temperature uh, environmental rated issue? In other words, the powertrain warranty on these cars is typically at least five years. Uh, 60,000 miles, 60, yeah. 60,000 miles, and sometimes even longer, depending on the manufacturers. But um, would the warranty cover that? Uh, unless they could find some form of serious abuse to the car where they could prove that it was abused or if it had leaked all the coolant out and it somehow it allowed it to cause a problem, I can't see how that wouldn't be covered under warranty. Yeah, those temperatures were so drastic in this uh, latest cold front that came through. Uh, that I wonder if it if it didn't reach some new record lows. I mean, how far does antifreeze protect your car? What are the specs on the antifreeze? Do you know? I don't. Let Google me it. Check that. I'm doing that right now. Let's Google it. Google it. Just to see <laughs> how. <laughs> Great question, yeah. John. I you know I hadn't thought about it. I know why you're thinking about it. You got friends up north that are freezing to death, or were anyway. Absolutely. A couple Absolutely. Days ago. Syracuse, New York, in particular. Yeah. But yeah. what I wanted Rick to know if a new car, mm -hmm. let's say, let's say it's a Honda and it's delivered here in Florida, would that have the same protection of a new Honda like it's delivered in Syracuse, New York? Or are they different manufacturers, have different specifications when the car is new as to what degree the antifreeze will protect to? I can answer that. The answer is yes. You know, no matter where they sell the car, whether it's in Saudi Arabia or Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, a Honda Civic is a Honda Civic is a Honda Civic, and it's supposed to stand up in the environmental differences. The fact of the matter is they don't, uh, but the warranty will cover you. One of the problems we have in Florida, high heat and high humidity, you record the dashboards that were cracking and fading and melting, actually, in the sun. Uh, that was an uh, environmental issue, only acute and occurred in the Sunbelt states, but that was the manufacturer's responsibility. The manufacturer, by law, must anticipate the temperature extremes, the humidity extremes, everything else, and the car they build is supposed to work anywhere in the world. Now, to Rick, the next, next part of that question, are those units that you buy in the auto store that have the uh, specific gravity of the antifreeze, are they accurate? Uh, those testers, relatively accurate. I mean, they're basically using an old, what's called a hygrometer, and it's... Here we go. Well, it's old school, <laughs> and we don't use them anymore. The best advice, because as a matter of fact now, most manufacturers sell antifreeze that is pre-mixed already at a 50-50 mix, which is what they recommend it as, and I'm finding a specification here that shows that for the average car... Peak antifreeze says it should be able to handle temperatures down to minus 52 degrees. Mm. Mm. Now, that's going to no. be your base temperature of minus 52, not a wind chill, because obviously wind chill is really not going to affect 
that coolant that's inside the radiator because it's yeah. not going to yeah. be able to get to it. Would that work in Fargo? That's sweater weather. Hmm? Minus 52 degrees. Would that work Yeti in Fargo? Yes. That would probably handle Fargo quite nicely. Well, they've seen some uh, record yeah. temperatures. Does that answer your question, John? Yes, it does. But it would be a, still a good idea if you buy a used car to check the uh, content of the radiator fluid, I imagine, anyhow. Yeah, you got that right. Boy, that's a good point. You never know what, you know, a guy might have put water in there during the summer hmm. and then sold it, and then you'd be in serious trouble. And then diluted it, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for answering my question. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Thanks for always being part of the show. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Stu is waiting for your texts. We're going to go to Howard, who is uh, a regular caller also. He's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, are you glad to hear that, uh, to see that uh, we have sun today? Oh, boy, let me tell you. I hate that cold weather. I mm -hmm. used to like cold weather, Howard, because I, I was born in Florida, and now I'm getting to the point where I don't like it anymore. My bones ache more now. <laughs> they, they, they blew the forecast. It's supposed to rain this morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they blew it. Okay, let me ask you a couple of questions. Uh, uh, I heard, I don't know how true it is, I'm trying to Google it, and I don't get an answer to that. In Alaska, uh, they use alcohol instead of antifreeze. Is wow. that true? I don't know that. I mean, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, antifreeze is alcohol. Antifreeze could uh, do a job uh, up at minus 40 degrees. No, it must uh, have something else besides it. Well, it's, it's, any, antifreeze, the primary ingredient, is oh, okay. ethyl alcohol yeah. or ethylene glycol alcohol. Yeah. So it, it actually is an, an alcohol base yeah. in antifreeze. Yeah. And that's what provides those... Uh, lowers the freezing temperature. So Howard's question might be accurate then that as long as antifreeze is mainly alcohol, if you run on antifreeze, you could just fill your uh, radiator with scotch. <laughs> uh, you might want to look oh, for Howard some lower end stuff than <laughs> scotch. I mean, you, you know, you you can get some bottom shelf vodka in there and yeah. probably do it better. Yeah. But anyway, my other question is, uh, do I do I have to get my navigation uh, updated uh, after two years? Howard, I'll How tell do you, I do that? that is a disgrace that you have to do that, and we've talked about that on the show. If you have a, uh, if you're using Google Maps or you're using a, any kind of a handheld uh, navigation device, it's automatically updated. And yeah. uh, we talk about the fact that manufacturers now make you bring in what, what, what do they Toyota charge to update your two hundred and fifty dollars. Two hundred fifty dollars. I wouldn't pay it. It's uh, a shame. Howard, I would. I'd go buy a smartphone. Then again, your smartphone's going to cost you fifteen hundred dollars, so you might want to. You know, you can buy, <laughs> well, you buy, buy a used smartphone yeah. for two hundred bucks, and then you got a smartphone plus the fact you got Google Maps, and it automatically updates yeah. every time you want to use it, and it's better than any navigation I've seen in any car. Oh yeah, I, I've I've been in cars. Uh, Nancy and I were on a vacation, and we had a guide that had a nice uh, later model car with a big fat navigation and he's got his iPad up there clipped to the dashboard using Google Maps mm -hmm. instead of the built-in $2000 navigation. So, Howard, don't don't spend the 200 bucks. Get yourself a Google Map or you might luck out and find a car with Apple CarPlay, which is yes, really cool. Exactly. Yeah, we need data with Apple CarPlay. Is that correct? With your, you have, yeah, you have with to have unlimited data. To, otherwise, it, uh, it costs, costs I, more I, money. No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, just the the amount of data on a with you know Google Maps or Apple Maps aren't that much. So no, uh, it really yeah. isn't. Okay, my last question, and uh, I, this is going to be a good one. 
Uh, there's a hydrogen car out made by Toyota. It's called the Mirai. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the future of hydrogen cells? It looks like Toyota's kind of going it's, away from hydrogen. It's getting very dim. It's getting very dim for them. It's, it's an infrastructure thing, Howard. Uh, we have no hydrogen stations. They have a few in California when everybody thought that was going to happen. And the, the cost of building a hydrogen fuel cell stations all over would be prohibitive. Plus the fact the electrical technology is moving so fast now, battery life, you don't need the fuel cell. Yep. Uh, they're going to have a battery. I'm just going to go out and limit here. I didn't read this anywhere, but I'm going to say they're going to have a battery with a thousand mile range on it uh, one day. And uh, it's just a matter of <clears throat> anything you can imagine, conceive of today is going to happen. Okay, one other thing. The battery, uh, char- charging the battery. Will there ever be a uh, a time where you could charge your battery in five minutes? Probably. There's actually really? a slightly better answer that uh, Switzerland's working on, where major highways are going to be designed with induction coils mm-hmm. in the road. Oh, yeah. And as you're driving, it actually charges your battery by induction. So you're dri- it's, it's like the wireless charging for your cell phone. Yep. While you're driving on those major roads, it's mm. constantly recharging your battery and then when you go off on the regular surface streets, it runs on your normal battery, running it down. Once you get back on the major roads, it starts charging it right back up again. The problem with that is it's a huge infrastructure expense. And once you build right. it, you can't upgrade it. You're going to have to replace it. And if somebody comes up with a 1,000-mile range battery, you don't need it. So uh, that's that's what happened to hydrogen fuel cell. Toyota's a pretty smart company, but sometimes it makes stupid mistakes hydrogen fuel cell was a bad mistake and they're uh done a 180 and they're going full force to uh, battery yeah. and electric yeah. like everybody they, else they just had they had the cash to to pretty much explore every possible future yeah. so they they put some money in hydrogen mm-hmm. yeah. hybrid electric and then they now they're going with the one that's going to work the best exactly okay, okay. thanks for the information thanks howard great call 877 877- 960-9960. Love to have your calls. We love to have your texts, which are 772-497-6530. The text number is 772-497-6530. And please text. And we Te- have a text? No, the texts have dried oh, yeah. up. We got no text. Come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying the text hey, number. Um, I'm getting bored. Minutes. I'm getting bored. Ro- yeah. Rose- <laughs> I'm going Rosalie, home. Rosalie, uh, she- oh no. Stu's, l- <laughs> Stu's-, Stu's going home. He's warned us, give him a text, 772-497-6530. You know, Rosalie uh, asked this question about her 2011 cruise, and uh, she can't afford to get to a mechanic right now, but uh, she has a a, a real toxic smell in the interior of the cruise, and she says it almost smells like a a chemical. It's a little sweet, Mm. but it smells like a chemical in the uh, inside of the cruise. A sweet smell? Very slight. A, the first thing I would be suspecting is coolant. And the biggest cause of that is if the heater core has started to leak inside the casing, uh-huh. obviously the coolant that's in there will drip its way out of the casing and run out through the air conditioning drain. But that could be that she's losing coolant because ethylene alcohol produces a very sweet-smelling odor when it's concentrated like that so i would definitely get that checked because if she's leaking coolant that could be a major overheat issue coming very soon that advice would be a big help to her uh she's having some transmission problems would that 
you know, coincide with the coolant problem? And mm, Sounds like that's going to be two separate issues. Oh, two separate issues. There yep. you go, Rosalie. Uh, we have another caller <coughs> from West Palm Beach, uh, Bennett. Good morning. Uh, good morning. It's Bennett. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, Bennett? Good uh, morning, reg- Bennett. I'm, yeah, I'm a regular listener. And a couple of weeks ago, you guys barely touched on it. It was towards the end of the show, and it was about when you go buy a car, and uh, they write everything down real quick on a paper, and they tell you how much do you want to spend a month. Is that something new? Because then they don't have to get into the specific of what they're ripping you off on. And it happened to my son and I when we were looking for a car, and they just said, how much do you want to spend a month? Benefit, and, uh, go ahead. No, that's it. I'm yeah. just curious about it. Is that a new way of doing things? And isn't that wrong? Just to say, if they come to you and say, uh, well, what do you want to spend a month for? How many months, you know? Well, Bennett, that's, uh, it's not new. As a matter of fact, it's very old, but it's something that has been a uh, practice of dealers for years and years. And I think it's probably something called the four-squared system. It's, uh, that's a dealer terminology for a, a classic system that many car dealers used to use years ago, virtually all of them. And now just a few use it, but there's some remnants that have survived, and this is one of them. Uh, most of us, uh, you, me, uh, everybody that buys expensive items, homes, cars, uh, we're we're payment buyers. We don't sometimes we don't like to think in terms of that. But we, even if we don't, even if we pay cash for something, we have in our back of our minds how much can we afford per month. You have a mortgage payment, you have a car payment. Most everybody, not a few people, billionaires that don't think that way, but most of us do. So uh, people can be lulled into complicity by having a very low payment. But a car dealer can structure a very low payment into a huge price. When you focus on the price of a car, you can shop and compare quite easily. Apples and apples, you go to three dealerships, you get their best bid, and then you go with the lowest price. With a monthly payment, that can vary. I mean, think about it. The interest rate affects the payment. The term affects the payment. The down payment affects the payment. So you were being subjected to something that originally was called the four square system where they look for uh, a buyer's hot button. And a hot button usually is the monthly payment, but for some people it can be the trade-in allowance. For some people it can be the price of the car. And for some people it can be the discount. So I just gave you four things. Discount, price of the new car, monthly payment, and what else did I say? Trade, <coughs> trade in. Yeah, it's trade, trade price, so, money down there. Yeah. So there are people that come in. Now, you're talking to a car dealer right now, in full disclosure, since 1968. There are people who come into my dealership and most dealerships, and all they care about is how much they can get for their trade-in. They're obsessed. They love their car, and everybody is giving them insultingly low you're amounts. You're right. You know? and, and, and if they can come to a car dealer that gives them $2,000 more, than anybody else did, they can make a sale. Meanwhile, the car dealers marked up the price of the car, $2,000. Or if you have discount people, you see advertisements all the time, TV, online, uh, 50% off. Hollywood Toyota is running big Mm. ads in our market, even though they're in Hollywood, Florida, all over our market, 50% discount on the cars they're selling. Well, 
Uh, that's not true. They don't really give you a 50% discount. They just they, want to get you in the door. Yeah, they mark the car up 50%, and then they mark, then they mark it down again 50%. So there's, that's what they did to you, Bennett, is they, they must have sensed that you were a payment buyer, and they worked the payment so they could maximize their profit. They're not doing you a favor. You know what? Thank you, but you know what happened when we were in the financing office? I noticed on the paper, on Dodge's, the extended warranty is like $3,500. Mm-hmm. But on the paper in the finance office, it read like 1500 So they could put down whatever they want, and the other and the additional 2000 is profit to them. Is that it? Well, if they did that, Bennett, they're breaking the law. Florida happens to have one of the few uh, insurance laws that protect you against extended extended service contracts. Uh, extended service contracts and warranties that are sold in the finance office are regulated by the state, Florida State Insurance uh, Commission's office. In Florida, you have to register your rate. So if you want to sell a warranty, and you can have your own warranty, a lot of car dealers do. They, they design a warranty, they register it with the state, and then you have to tell the state how much you're going to charge for that warranty. That's what they must charge. So if the dealer is charging you one thing for the warranty and then and then marking it up so he can mark the price of the car up, he's breaking the law. Right. Very good. Thank you for the information, Earl. Two great questions, Bennett, and I appreciate yeah, your call. Thank you. You're welcome, Bennett. Give us a call again. Boy, it's a minefield out there. I haven't used that expression in a while. Um, Stu, have we received anything from uh, your anonymous feedback this Not morning? Not yet. Just checked a minute Re- ago. Re- Remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. It you remain anonymous, so mm-hmm. we're very, very fair. We yeah. can't we can't come after let you. Let me let me let me uh, say that again because think about it, folks. You're totally anonymous. This is this site is incognito. It's a company called Incognito, and they provide anonymous feedback for a lot of blue chip companies, including Amazon and. Adobe and public broadcasting service and on and on and on. So these super blue chip companies use this incognito company. And it's a great source of you being able to tell a company what you think about them with total anonymity, kind of like crime tips uh, or IRS tips. The IRS provides you anonymity so you can turn in tax cheats. Mm -hmm. The police provide you anonymity so you can report criminals. We provide you anonymity at Earl on Cars so you can tell us what you really think about us or about anything. We cannot determine your identity. You can even reply. We can reply to your comment, but we don't know who you are. That all goes through scrubbing so your anonymity is protected. So youranonymousfeedback.com, Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback. F E E D B A C K dot com. Your anonymous feedback dot com. Tell us what you really think and you don't want to be identified. Your identity is protected. Take advantage of that, ladies and gentlemen. And we do have that mystery shopping report coming up soon. Uh, so you want to stay tuned for that. And that is from Bremen Honda. Uh, Bremen Honda. Uh, also, uh, uh, I have $50 to give to uh, the second female caller. Uh, give me a call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and uh, Stu will get that text and get you on the air. Mm-hmm. We do have a text. Actually, we have a couple that came in. 
Uh, the first one says, what should I look for in a used truck that was previously registered in Canada? Interesting question. The odometer would be the first thing I'd look at because yep. uh, they use kilometers there. That's correct. And then you'd want to see if it had the ability to be changed. I think the later models in Canada, and uh, we have a expert on the subject who is suing uh, some uh, manufacturers uh, for not providing uh, miles per hour and kilometers per hour in the cars they sell in the Detroit area. Uh, but the, uh, for the last four or five years, you should be able to flip a switch to go from kilometers to miles per hour. Now, as far as other considerations, Rick, do you have any idea? Rust. Rust. I would find a mechanic Great. to put that car on a lift, get it up in the air, and I would inspect every surface for rust, and I would also look for signs. Now, just I'm just saying, any signs that looks like somebody might have freshly put some spray paint anywhere on the frame or body underneath well, that vehicle, okay. right, well, trying why, to hide why that Canadian, rust. Why do Canadian cars rust more than American cars? Uh, it's not so much the Canadian, but it's the northern cars because of the road salt that's used in order to get the oh. ice on in the wintertime. Oh. And, you know, Canada, they've, we're, we're hearing all about the polar vortex hitting the middle of the U.S. Yeah. Well, they get that for some areas 10 or 11 months a year. Okay. And that heavy road salt, that tears up those vehicles. Okay. And I just looked something up using my other external brain. Um, a website says why you should avoid buying a Canadian vehicle. And it touches on things like Rick mentioned, the, uh, the climate, salt. Um, also says that a lot of vehicles are made um, with different specifications, um, such as emissions and things uh, in different countries. And this jumped out at me, was that Carfax has only been around in Canada for a relatively short time. So for a longer history on a used car, you might not get that information. Say if an accident happened in Quebec, uh, it might not be on the Carfax report. And I just had another thought. Uh, I had some difficulty at one time going back a few years. Here's my advantage of being a recovering car dealer. I remember when I wanted to import some cars from Canada because we couldn't get them in the United States, Toyotas. Slayer convertibles. And it was also, I think it had to do with the price was quite attractive. And we were buying them in Canada. And Toyota told me that I shouldn't do that because the warranty didn't cover them in the United States. Now I'm going to have to really stretch my memory here. I think I had to fight them on this issue and I think I won mm. but I would still be sure uh, it would make no sense uh, for a manufacturer to build a car in Canada yeah. and say that the warranty did not apply in the United States but just to be on the safe side you buy a Canadian car check with your local American dealer on that make yeah. and say will my Canadian car warranty apply I do remember we had one occasion also where a customer came to us they wanted to buy a, a very new vehicle from off our used car lot and extremely low miles, very new car, but it didn't have daytime running lights mm. and they lived in Canada and that was a requirement. So we went in and simply added a relay yeah. Yeah. to where when you start turned the car on, yeah. the headlights would come on automatically yeah. and that was sufficient for them to be able to get the car registered because they yeah. could prove that the car's headlights 
would be on all the time. Well, there's a huge population. You think about our border with Canada, and you take our border from the east to the west coast, think of how many thousands of people commonly, they live in Canada and they work in the United States yep. or vice versa. So there are a lot of American cars going back and forth to Canada and Canadian cars going back and forth. So it's not a big deal. I mean, uh, if you buy one, do the little yeah. checklist we gave you, but it's, it's not a big deal. Yep. And let's see, I think that gets us caught up with our text. Okay, fantastic. Uh, let me talk a little bit more about, Oops. let me talk a little bit more about uh, Takata. Um, I just wanted to, we have, oh, we have just a text came in. I'll make this quick. Uh, uh, the Takata issue is still with us in spades. It's bigger and, and, and better better it's better it's bigger and worse than ever mm -hmm. uh, as these cars the millions of cars that are on the road are aging uh, more and more cars are becoming more and more dangerous something that you don't see on the news anymore you don't hear about anymore and Rick is the one that usually remembers to say if you're gonna buy a car if you're going to uh, uh, a newer used car you want to check particularly the used cars safercar.org www.safercar.org that's the NHTSA dot gov. gov I'm sorry yeah. gov safercar.gov that's the NHTSA website www.safercar.gov put your VIN number in and check it this thing is not going away it's getting worse but you don't hear about it except here on this radio show as a matter of fact Toyota just recently released a huge mailer out to everyone they could find for Siennas, Corollas, and Forerunners that are being covered under this, trying to get more and more of these people notified that we need to get their cars yeah. in to get these and inflators guess who replaced. got one of those mailers? You? you? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one yeah. for, my, for, uh, for the newest recall. Yes, but what yeah. they're sending out now, uh, you saw this. Um, but you got one for a car you haven't driven. I haven't owned it since 2014. Yeah. Right. So, but the new mailers are going out. Remember how the... Um, when the government required um, cigarette manufacturers to put these horrible images of the effects of smoking to yeah. deter people. Mm. So these mailers that are going up from Toyota are showing some pretty graphic uh, um, images. I mean, they're not showing people injured by the Takata, but yeah. it's some scary stuff. They have yeah. one shows a picture of a crib and says, would you want your baby in front of a bomb? It's yeah. really shocking stuff. Yeah. Goodness. Well, my point in mentioning you, Stu, is the fact that proves yeah. that the manufacturers <laughs> yeah. are still not, don't know where people are. Yeah. So the person that owned that car that you have had has no idea. Has no idea what's right. going on. So the manufacturers are doing a terrible job of identifying the current owners of the car, and there's no reason for Which it. Which is really they, dumb, because you already figured out the answer. You get registrations, yeah. run them in a the computer. You can go yeah. to the DMV of every state, and they will give you the... Anybody that bought a license plate for a used car that he just bought, they're in the record book. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a great conversation going here, and we'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960. And uh, Stu's waiting for your text at 772-497-6530. And we do have a caller, and his name is Rod. He's calling from Riviera Beach. Good morning, Rod. Good morning, on and all. Good morning. Um, well, it's a nice, sh nice sunny day for a change. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Lightfoot. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Ron? Want to see? Uh, Want to see what the update is on that K and N air filter and see how it is. And secondly, uh, where you first said this morning about uh, that you 
you came in on a flat tire there and stuff. Uh, as an update about me driving on the on the flat tire, um, I finally got my uh, birth certificate there the other day. So gold star on the license, everything's done. Fantastic. <laughs> everything everything works with patience. But uh, like to really send out there to people that uh, please please make sure that you know you got your certified citizens thing going so that. Uh, so that you can get the gold star in your license. You never know when things all of a sudden could go whatever way, you know. Do it uh, do it their way and be done with it. Yeah, Rod, uh, uh, Rick Kearney test, tested your air filter, did a thorough test, and uh, came up with a surprising advantage in fuel economy, but it wasn't much. And uh, after we went through it, I'm going to let Rick talk in a minute, but I'll summarize it. Uh, you can actually... Uh, for the difference in cost, if you're a high mileage driver, you could conceivably cover that increase in cost by the additional uh, fuel economy that you received. But he didn't see any advantage in terms of the starting problem that you referred to. And I'll let you uh, say that, Rick. Well, the interesting part is, as an update, I spoke with our test driver, which he's been running that K&N filter in his car all this time now. Mm-hmm. And he said the first two weeks he saw about a half a mile per gallon increase in fuel economy. He said that has since gone back down to about right in where he was. And it's holding the same as when he had the factory filter. So that may have been just a minor increase where the computer was getting used to that sudden change in the airflow pattern. But at this point, it's his fuel economy is within one to two tenths of where it was when he was running the normal Toyota paper type filter in his car. Mm-hmm. So and, and the starting issue, the uh, hesitation issue, there was no change. Has it? He said no. The that seems to be completely the same uh, nature of the beast type thing. It's just the way this car runs. That that slight well, hesitation was, when you step on I the was gas. What I was alluding to was uh, was about the extra power that you have for the extra breathing to it, not not necessarily the economy, but the economy is a nice add-in. Well, here's here's how I did a test on that. The car has what's called a mass airflow sensor that actually records how much air is going into the engine, and so I took his car and with the Toyota factory filter in it, I did several basically almost drag strip runs where I would start at a stop sign, put the pedal right to the floor, and I kept it that way until the car hit 35 miles an hour, and then I left off. And I recorded that data coming in from those sensors. And believe it or not, with even with the K&N air filter in it, once I did several runs on it, they all came in pretty much the same. There was almost no real difference in the amount of airflow simply because the engine is designed to look for a certain amount to come in. I mean, it's uh, it really didn't make that big of a difference of extra air being drawn in to a normally aspirated engine. Sounds like it's okay. not worth the extra money, Rod. Well, so it sounds like the uh, what, I, what I'm alluding to a lot, a lot of times if you uh, put it down to the floor, down to the metal, as you say, then, uh, then, then spark retards a bit. Uh, a lot of things do via computer. If you go half to half to five eighths, as in 
as in IE, you're getting on the freeway or something like that, the lag that the person had called about before with the four-cylinder and he was wanting to trade in for the six-cylinder was why that all started was uh, was this, that uh, if you go that, then you do have your spark, you do have this, you do have that. I know a lot about computers or, or you know, the now antique computers, but uh, the brand-new stuff I don't. So that's what I'm alluding to, yes. Yeah, the, the only drawback that we found with that was that most of the time <clears throat> that uh, that lag that you're feeling is the actual computer lag from when you step on the pedal, the computer records that signal and then has to send a signal out to the engine. It's that length of time that it takes for it to receive the signal, calculate its response, and send it out to the engine and for the engine to respond that's where that lag is. It's not so much a performance issue with the engine. It's a lag in the communication between all these different sensors and the computers. Okay, so uh, in other words, i.e., to get technical about it, you've got the lag ma mainly because the, uh, the, the metronome of the, uh, of the cross counts of the O2 sensor are not, uh, not picking up for it, and the grams per second of the uh, of the mass airflow etc well it's actually the accelerator pedal and the throttle body the accelerator pedal sends a signal to the computer computer sends it out to the throttle body but it, it yes. unfortunately you just there are certain things you simply cannot change and that's one of them okay well yeah. it you know it it it, it is it is I've, I've seen a big difference with it through the years and yes so uh, How's uh, how's seven hundred thirty six thousand miles on an eighty seven GMC Jimmy two point eight? Wow, that a lot of miles for you? Wow, that's huge. The truck I'm in now has got roughly three hundred thousand on it. You're gonna so, make you're gonna make a million, yeah. Ron. You got seven hundred thousand. You're going for a million. I was I was trying to, but uh, the lady the lady that I moved in with. She hated the the looks of the truck because it was getting pretty ratty. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one day she got me another one. Said, "Here, hon, here's another one. Here's a present." I said, "But I want to keep mine for a million. <laughs> if I would have kept it for a million, it would have been half price off at Roger Dean Chevy." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ron, thank we, you very we much. Yeah. Worked it out. You know your cars. Okay. You know your cars. Rod, you stand your ground. Uh, I think we have a job for you, Rod. Not sure. I think uh, I think you qualify. Let us. Well, the uh, I was I was going to get in as the mystery uh, as the mystery shopper, and uh, something we'll talk about at a later time. Sounds good. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for calling. You know, just we, uh, back right. on Rod's uh, on Rod's point there, um, I didn't want to you know go any further on this, but uh, I think it just has to, it's almost the computer chip issue and you talk about speed of computers and you know every time a new generation of computer comes out smartphone it's a little faster a little faster a little faster and we're getting into uh right now to uh nano computing so there's yeah. no question in my mind that all these hesitations uh will be narrower and narrower and narrower and eventually uh, virtually imperceptible oh absolutely because it sounds to me like it's pure computer speed that we're talking about absolutely Coming up on our mystery shopping report. We definitely are. And that is the mystery shopping report from Bremen Honda. And uh, I think the recovering car dealers already. Yeah. Well, we got a few texts that came in. Oh, let's do the oh. text. And don't forget, we're running over a little bit late today. I forgot. That's right. We're going Completely to 15. Completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's kill some time here. What did you have for dinner last night? Uh, I forgot. I didn't have dinner. Oh, very good. Okay. Um, Good morning. Uh, A lot of car dealers sell paint sealant um, for brand new cars. I thought new paint needed to cure or harden before you apply wax or any type of sealant. Is this still true uh, today with modern cars, Robert and Stuart? Uh, Car dealers sell paint sealant, Robert, because uh, they want to make money, and your car has good... Um, finish on it now. You should wax your car. Unless you got a white one. With a good, yeah, unless you get a white one without <laughs> clear coat. But uh, the average car uh, has got good finish, and as long as you take care of your car, uh, if you can't keep it garaged, that's good. If not, wax it more often. Uh, wash it. And you live in Florida, you got some uh, salt air, and you got some heat, and a lot of other environmental issues that are going to cause you a problem. But the paint sealant that they charge you a arm and a leg for is not worth the money. If you read the warranty on these paint sealants, by the way, you'll find out that it's usually the same warranty as the manufacturer's warranty on the paint. So uh, Toyota Guard, Toyota Guard, for example, on Toyotas, the paint sealant uh, has a warranty of three years or 36,000 miles. And that's exactly what the Toyota warranty is. So the paint sealant that the dealer's selling you is not going to have any better warranty than the finish that you bought when you bought the new car. Okay. Uh, this is from Aaron, no, no town or locality. Are, cars, are salespeople in car dealerships required to be licensed by the state? If not, don't you think considering they handle complex financial transactions and private customer data, there should be some standards of conduct regulated and enforced by state government. Nancy and I had that same conversation the other day, and uh, there are a lot of professions out there that are regulated for good reason. Uh, you know, CPAs and doctors and mm-hmm. psych. I don't think psychologists have to be licensed. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, they, they do. Okay. L- LMT. Psychiatrists yep. for sure, but uh, car salespeople. Uh, you know, you can you can come in off the street. Uh, and have no experience, no knowledge, and you can get a job as a car salesman. Uh, I think you have to have a driver's wow. license in most car dealerships, but there are no requirements. So right. uh, that's an excellent point. Right. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that are against any kind of regulation, any kind of licensing. They say it's an impediment to free enterprise. It's also an impediment to yeah. criminal activity. And it's not just car salespeople. It's, it's finance managers. Uh, they sit in an office <coughs> with people and they give advice, uh, financial advice on what people should do yeah. with their investments, what they, whether they should lease or get a loan. I mean, they're, I mean, they're patently unqualified to give that kind yeah. of advice. Yeah, I see. Uh, just again, going back on my experience as a car dealer, um, I recall in years past, uh, you'd have a finance manager, you call them, whose purpose was to sell you paint sealant and, uh, right. and uh, maintenance and warranties and raise your interest rate above what you want to pay. And these are some of, among the highest paid people in a car dealership. Uh, so you would have one that worked for you, and I, I had a few that worked for me that I found out were dishonest, and I would fire them. Then they go to work for another dealer. Suddenly, that other dealer was doing extremely well and selling a lot of cars to people with bad credit and also making a lot of money in his finance department. And then suddenly, uh, two years later, three years later, the same guy would get fired, and then he'd go to another car dealership. Mm -hmm. And the dealer that would hire him would suddenly make a lot of money until the banks found out they were phoning up credit applications, and they were doing all sorts of shady things with service contracts. And uh, 
uh, that's the reason there's no there should <coughs> be licensing for these people they're yeah. like bankers yeah and they should not be uh, allowed to run free exactly and and, and even uh, the banking laws and privacy laws uh, they require when they consider when a car dealership makes a decision uh, based on someone's credit for example someone comes in and the the finance manager judged them unable to uh, to, to get a loan they, they actually the car dealer in the eyes of the law is the lender yeah. so if you turn somebody down and say hey you can't you can't afford to buy this car or you can't get a loan you have to follow the regulations that are out there for the banking industry exactly so by all logic they should be required to have the same credentials and licensing as a banker mm-hmm. but they don't they do not another problem okay we got no, we have a follow-up question on paint sealant uh oh <laughs> somebody heard my comment about white cars follow-up question uh for paint sealant why did you say unless you have a white car? Yeah, uh, we white, have a whole show on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to make it fast because well, we got more time. Uh, the uh, white cars, white color, uh, is a, is a different than other colors. Obviously, not just because it's white, because white is the reflection of all frequencies of light, and uh, for this reason, for some reason. Uh, I think the manufacturers decided they didn't have to put a clear coat on it. Clear coat is the an extra coat of paint that cost the manufacturers money. They'd rather not have to do it because they don't want to have the expense on that car. But and the uh, environmental impact. And, and so the reason that they don't clear coat it is because the federal government has regulation on how much emissions any particular manufacturer who has painting facilities can put into the air. They say you can only emit so much pollution. So when they are on the edge and they've got too many too many uh, paint places going, they have to say, how am I going to comply with the federal regulation? So somebody said, okay, I got an idea. We just won't clear coat our white cars because our white cars probably tend to fade less mm-hmm. than our other cars. Red cars, for example, fade a lot quicker. So they went with a white car without the clear coat. Well, guess what? If you don't clear coat it, that takes away the advantage the white has. Now the white actually becomes more of a problem in fading than the red car that now has the clear coat. So a lot of white cars out there don't have clear coat. And uh, if you have a white car, you're going to have a problem. If you have a red car, you're going to have a problem. And none of this is ever disclosed to people that buy cars, unfortunately. Now, this doesn't apply to certain shades of white, like pearl white. There are white cars that are not called white that are called other things like pearl that have clear coat. And they look much nicer than the regular white. They do. But they also charge a premium for this. They do. Yep, sometimes 200 to $300 more yeah. just for a different color. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. Okay, uh, last text. Earl, did you ever personally sell cars? I would imagine you would have been terrible. You are too honest. Yeah, I, I, I was. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that, that, that fooled me there for a second. Uh, I, I started out, I started, I'm, I love that question. I started out selling used cars for my father in 1968. And that, I could write a book on that. I might. I, that was the most corrupt thing I've ever done in my life. We had a. This is 1968. We had a guy that came in every week and set back the odometer so we could have high mileage cars and set back the speedometer odometer so we could lie to people and tell them they were low mileage. Now everybody did the same thing. 
all the car dealers, this guy made a lot of money. He went from car lot to car lot, rolling back odometers. Uh, the things that we did selling those used cars was absolutely amazing. Hey, but you're right about one thing. I was a terrible used car salesman, not because I couldn't be as dishonest, but because I just wasn't good with the... You're not a social kind of guy. Didn't have the gift of the gab back then. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I experienced the same thing. Yeah. You At did? any rate, yeah, Stu started out selling used no, cars. I was, uh, I was, you know, I was a nice guy. I knew a lot about the product, but when it came to, like, negotiating and the schmoozing, it just it wasn't my style. Yeah. But it was, you know, we have come a long way, folks. Since 1968, that's the reason I'm a recovering car dealer. I don't want to go through it, but it took me a long time to change. But what I did back in the day, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I think we have a caller. I like smoozing and negotiating. You would have been great. Yeah. Okay, Dennis is holding. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. I've been listening to you for quite a while. I've decided to call in. All right. Great. Uh, my question is, I went out and bought a Chevy van, new, in 2013. I was hesitant to buying it because of the paint falling off the, off the car, off the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my friends have Chevy vans, and they got all this paint missing, and I was assured by the salesperson that they have corrected that problem, and it's no longer an issue. I said, I, I hope so, because I wasn't going to buy the van if it wasn't corrected. Sure. Well. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I walked out and saw paint missing from my van. Oh, boy. So I went into the dealership, which is on North Lake Boulevard, mm-hmm. and um, and I asked him what they would do about it. And he says he would get back to me, and he says that the Chevy will split the difference with me, and they wanted me to pay $280 for it. And I said, no, this is your problem, not my problem. He would know... The vehicle is what five years old, mm-hmm. um, and I said, I, you know, I've been leasing cars from you and buying cars from you for quite a while, and you know, if this isn't going to be rectified, I'm not going to buy another Chevy vehicle. And he says, Well, this is the best we can do. Is you think they should have honored my request to save a customer, or they should have they should have honored the, the request just to uh, to fix the problem, which has been a problem with Chevy for quite a while under van. Dennis, uh, it depends on the dealer. It depends on the dealers. This is Schumacher on North Lake Boulevard, yeah. Schumacher Chevrolet. Uh, uh, it depends on their rapport with the manufacturer. Uh, if you have a dealer who is an advocate for his customers and who has respect uh, and trust of the manufacturer, they will go to surprising lengths to take care of uh, cars that are out of warranty. Uh, how many uh, how many years and, and miles is your car, your van, out of warranty, Dennis? Well, I got 57,000 miles on it. So, That's close. Um, How, what year so, is it? However long. I don't know. What year? It's a, it's a 13. 13, yeah. That's not that far out. Uh, you could go back and, and press it. You could even try a different Chevrolet dealer. You could call the call General Motors directly. Uh, one thing I would ask them to do for you and uh, is ask uh, Schumacher uh, if they're, if they're going to pay. They say they'll pay half the cost. Ask Schumacher if they will do the work at their cost. In other words, ask Schumacher if they will do the work for the cost of the paint and the cost that they pay the painter. So let's say the cost of labor and paint materials is $500. Schumacher's real cost on that is about $250. Right. Say it's no money out of pocket for you, Chuck Schumacher. Do it for what it costs you, 
and then asked Chevrolet, General Motors, will they match that 250? Because chances are it would cost the manufacturer no more to, to match their cost than if you had to pay the other half. In other words, you're asking Schumacher to pay half the cost, but he's only doing that by absor taking his profit off. And if he values you as a customer, he should just not make a profit on you because he's making a profit when he does that work for them under warranty. You're paying half and General Motors is paying half. He should do it at his cost. Well, that's what I would have thought. And, you know, since I yeah. bought five vehicles from in the, over the years, yeah. you, you would think, you know, you want you don't want to lose a customer over $280. Exactly. So why don't you give that a try and, and see, yeah. see what they say? Well, that's the thought. I'll give that a try, and I'll let you know what happens. And try, ask to speak to uh, Chuck Schumacher. Uh, you know, he's probably, he has multiple dealerships, and he's probably not in the store uh, a lot, but you can at least ask to speak to him. Yeah, well, it can't hurt. Yeah, if you if you if you strike out, call me back next week, and I'll give you Chuck Schumacher's cell phone number. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right, great. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> he liked that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dennis. Give us a call next week. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And our text number is 772-497-6530. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be on the air just a little bit longer when the, when, uh, than, we than we usually are. And uh, we have the mystery shopping report coming up. And also, I want to remind, if there's a lady out there listening and you've never called before, give us a call. 877-960-9960, and you can win yourself $50. We'll be off the air about 10.15. Is that right, Rudy, about 10.15? Okay, so uh, we have an extension granted us because of a late start, and I'll uh, kick off this mystery shopping report of Raymond Honda right now. Hang on to your hats, folks. These are always a lot of fun, and they're educational in the way they're depressing, but, hey, that's what drama is, you know. You got a entertainment <clears throat> with drama, but uh, Brayman Honda in Green Acres sells a lot of used cars, a lot. As a matter of fact, in 2018, just last year, they sold more used cars in Palm Beach County than any other franchise car dealer. Of course, Brayman Honda, uh, along with other franchise dealers, was outsold considerably by the three big independent used car dealers in our area. Off-lease only, they're huge, uh, CarMax. Uh, sells a lot of cars. And Florida Fine Cars, a relatively newcomer to the area, sells a lot of cars too. But Schumacher, I mean Schumacher, got Schumacher on, on the brain. Brayman. Brayman does a great job as an independent dealer. Uh, Brayman Honda is one of over 20 car dealerships in Florida, uh, has over 20 car dealerships in Florida and Colorado, and he's owned, owned by Norman Brayman. He's a billionaire. Uh, Brayman is better known for his luxury brand dealerships, but they do offer brands for regular folks like Hyundai, Kia, and of course Honda. And Brayman, you know, I remember Brayman back in the day, you know, that's advantage of being around for a long time. Brayman's uh, wealth originally came from his wife, whose father owned a chain of liquor stores. Really? You he's might a, not know He's that. a bootlegger. A uh, bootlegger, yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. He was also Victor Potemkin's protege, wasn't he? He trained under uh, Victor Potemkin. I believe you're right. Yeah. Yeah, but that's where he got his capital, was from his wife's uh, father's liquor stores. Mm -hmm. and, uh, like the Kennedys. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 
And uh, he also, I think, at one time, does he still own a uh, football team, the Philadelphia Eagles? I thought he, I don't know if he still does, but that, that was the team he owned. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a Toyota dealership years ago in Miami, and he was a, had a new Toyota dealership. I don't think he has a Toyota dealership nope. anymore. Nope. But uh, billionaire is true, and uh, quite a name. He's a very well-known man. Uh, it's been nearly three years since we shopped him. Uh, we uh, mystery shopped uh, him way back three years ago. Agent X investigated their claims of bottom line pricing in their ads and website. The assumption was that Brayman was going to one price, so we said, hey, let's check it out. Unusual for dealers to quote their price and stick to it, give you their best price. Um, uh, but there was no explanation of the process anywhere, anywhere that we could find. Asian X found out that bottom line pricing was just a market slogan. Haggling was in full force at Brayman Sales Dex. We found that out with other dealers. Alpaca Ford is one. Mm -hmm. I think they use the same term, bottom line yeah. pricing. And uh, sometimes they'll say no haggle. I, I saw an interesting TV ad uh, by AutoNation this morning, as a matter of fact. Uh, one price... Our lowest price, one price, lowest price, other nation, and if you look close, it's a used car ad. Yep. They do one price on used cars, but they lead you to believe they do it on new. Yeah. And auto nation is not one price. Yeah. They negotiate in haggle and yeah, A lot of dealerships are doing it with used, and it's a lot easier to do on used cars. It is, exactly. That last investigation landed Bremen Honda on our do not recommend list. That was three years ago. Uh, for high-pressure sales tactics, hidden fees, including an attempt to double-dip the manufacturer's delivery transportation fee. Boy, that's a serious crime, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's a federal crime. Uh, you cannot charge for freight because the manufacturer has already charged for it and built another price of the car. Raymond has long since dropped the term bottom-line pricing from its marketing. We wondered what other changes might have been put into place since our last visit. As a nod to their used car sales success, we chose to check out their used car department. We tried to find a used car with a Takata airbag recall, but failed to find one. Now that's very good news. Next, we tried to find one with any safety recall. There were none. Now this is a big dealer, folks. Yep, that's great. Big used car dealer. Not one car on Brayman Honda's used car lot with any kind of a dangerous safety recall. Now that is absolutely amazing. I'll, I'll do a little aside here in the interest that we have a little time. Uh, Thursday, Stu will know this, we sold a used Lexus that we've had on our lot for about three years. And we lost over $5,000 on it. And the reason that car has been sitting around for so long is because there was no fix available. It had a Takata airbag recall. So we, had, we have a policy not to sell cars with dangerous recalls. And there was no fix available, so we just had to sit on that car for way too long. And we took a huge loss on it. That's the reason car dealers don't not sell these cars. That's not good grammar, but they sell cars with dangerous recalls because the alternative is to keep the car. And if you keep the car, it depreciates. And if it depreciates, you lose money. And you'd rather expose your customers to danger than lose money. And that's not right. Agent Thunder was sent off into the field with instructions Agent Thunder as a replacement for Agent X. 
and uh, he's doing a good job so far. Mm -hmm. Instructions to pretend to buy a used 2015 Toyota Prius advertised online by Bremen Honda for $14,999. The plan was to portray an easygoing customer, someone who wouldn't put up too much of a fight or challenge the salesperson, and we call this mystery shop persona Larry Laydown. And there's unfortunately a lot of Larry Laydowns and Linda Laydowns out there that trust car dealers. Buyer beware, folks. Caveat emptor. Here's a report speaking in the first person. I headed down to Bremen Honda and Green Acres in the early afternoon to add credibility to my cover story. I brought my wife and toddler along, my little toddler. And they were in a stroller. He was in a stroller. And a diaper bag and tow. I mean, that is a perfect shopping, mystery shopping setup. Totally, you know, it just disarms the, yeah. uh, the dealer. We parked, headed to the showroom. Once inside, we were greeted by two cheerful receptionists. As I was explaining the purpose of our visit, a salesperson named Miguel approached and greeted us. Miguel was friendly, neat appearance, knew right away to pay attention to my wife and kid, ignoring us for a bit while he cooed and made silly faces at the baby. He knew how to win us over. Very smart. Mm -hmm. Good salesperson. Miguel rose, shook my hand, and asked what he, uh, why we'd come in. I told him we wanted to look at the 2015 Prius that I'd seen on their website. Miguel knew which vehicle I was referring to and asked if I had called or sent in an online forum about it. I said I hadn't and asked why he wanted to know. I wanted the same thing when he, I read this. He replied that he just wanted to be sure I wasn't working with another salesperson. That may or may not be the case. Hmm. I suspect it may Price. be two-tier pricing. Yeah. And just as an aside, you always get a lower price on the internet posted prices than when you walk in. Miguel suggested that we go to his office first. <coughs> we, we agreed and led the way, pushing the empty stroller for us. And that was another nice touch. Very good salesperson, very polished. Once seated, Miguel asked my wife and I some qualifying questions. Delivered in a pleasant and non-pushy way, he addressed both of us equally. I see Nancy's eyes lighting up and never seemed to assume either one of us were in charge. Hmm. This was refreshing. And my wife commented later to me, she felt the same way. The one thing you can do if you're a salesperson that will really kill the sale, man in with his wife or a female companion, you focus entirely with a man, you're costing yourself a deal because the women want to be included and they should be. And this is the 21st century. I asked him about the Prius, making sure to fit the three questions about mechanical fitness, structural soundness, and overall safety. We do this in all Takata uh, shops. They give them three chances to spill the beans. Miguel explained that the vehicle was in excellent mechanical shape, had never been in an accident, and was perfectly safe. We've heard that before. They always say that, virtually. He directed our attention to his computer screen and showed us the Carfax report. Refreshing. Almost every time we hear... I'll print out later. We'll have to look at the Carfax report when we get back. I'll find the Carfax report. I'll show you. They never address it immediately for some reason. But here, bam, right up on the computer screen. 
and you could do it on your on your iPhone, mm-hmm. uh, your Android phone. You can show a Carfax report instantaneously. No reason not to. If you're looking at the car they got online, most dealers will have a little link that says Carfax or yeah. AutoCheck. You yeah. can click it on your phone. Yeah. So when you're shopping online, which you should, because I've just told you the prices are lower online, you can also look at the Carfax report yourself. To go into a car dealership being unaware of what the Carfax report says is a big mistake. Oh, so we looked over the Carfax report up on this PC. No accidents, no recalls, or anything else that would be of concern. Wow. It was time to take a test drive, and Miguel said he would park the Prius next to our, our car so we could transfer the kid's car seat. We hadn't even told him we had a car seat, but <coughs> Miguel was obviously very smart and appeared to be at ease, taking extraordinary care of his customer. I mean, you're talking about a that's 10. A, yeah, that's a great touch right there. Yeah, hmm. great touch. I, he impressed me. I, I think we should try I'm to hire Miguel. We should try to hire Miguel. Go to, go to our website exactly. and apply for a job, please. Exactly. We took the Prius for a spin, discussed the car along the way. Miguel knew a decent amount about the Prius and how the hybrid system worked. I asked him if he'd ever sold new Toyotas. Miguel replied that he hadn't, but the Honda Hybrid worked pretty much the same way, which is true. When we returned, Miguel tried a trial close and asked how we liked the car. That's a trial close. Um, just for your edification, a good salesman should try at least three or four. Yeah. And I don't think there's trials. anything inherently wrong with doing no, that. You, just, no, you want no. to gauge of how you want to sell a car. Yeah. And that's what salespeople do in a trial close. So he asked to try the trial close and said how we liked it. I looked over at my wife who smiled and nodded. Okay, making progress. Miguel asked the baby. <laughs> I love it. I asked the mystery shopper, shopper's baby if she liked it and we all laughed. I bet I bet uh, uh, Agent Thunder melted a little bit, you know, because even though you're shopping, you feel good about that. You know? He applied for a He job respects there. my wife. He loves my kid. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, let's see if, uh, so the salesman, let's see if this makes sense. We went to Miguel's desk, waited for him to print a purchase proposal for us. We went over it very carefully with us, identifying all the charges. <clears throat> if you just tuned in, we're mystery shopping, Bremen Honda in Green Acres, Lake Worth area in southern Florida. The top line showed a retail price of $16,990, quite a bit higher than the $14,999 online price. Next came a discount of $2,400. This brought us to the sales price of $14,590. Okay. I'm getting confused at I'm this already, point, too. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, part of this is, well, I won't say it's premeditated, but it probably is. Well, it's like that caller we had earlier asking about the four squares. It's kind of the confusion of yeah. the different numbers. Then came the extra fees. Okay. three ninety nine for accessories. Nitro-filled tires and security edge. That is just pure BS. 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 Nitrogen and tires is worthless. Worthless. The security edge is cost $25. That's like a 1970s era yeah, security Old feature. school. <laughs> right. Then there's $199 in addition to $399. $199 electronic, electronic filing fee. Uh, another word for a dealer fee. Uh, and there's a dealer services fee. Uh, here's the big one. They usually have the big deal. $799.50. So we've got three nonsense fees totaling did I total this right? $1,397.50. Yeah, yeah. $1,397. Yeah. 
$397.50 in hidden fees, dealer fees. Very, very disturbing. But everybody does it. Everybody. After sales tax, he added said $16,996, 75 out the door. The, bond, the spot of bond number did not include tag and registration. Mm -hmm. I asked him to explain all the extras. He said that nitrogen fill and etch were pre-installed on all cars. Yes, it is. And they do it on purpose. You can't buy a car from Bremen without it. Oof. And they don't tell you about it. They don't disclose it. Pre-installed dealer options, accessories should be disclosed. They should be included in the uh, advertised price, yep. but they don't. Uh, and the dealer services and electronic filing fee were both standard fees charged by all dealers. Not true. Some dealers don't. We don't. Mullinex, Ford, and Apopka. That's right. Apopka. Doesn't. The only one. He went on to list some of the other things uh, these fees covered, like processing paperwork, getting the tag work done. And that's okay. Maybe they do use that money that they make when they sell you the car to pay for some of these things. But uh, these costs should be included in the advertised price. When you sell a product, whether it's a tube of toothpaste, a refrigerator, or a car, you have cost. You have to pay sales commissions. You have to pay for advertising. You have to pay your utility bill. You take these, you put them in your product, and then you mark it up further with profit, and then you advertise that price. You don't take your cost and sneak them in on the sales, on the customer, after they come in to buy the product. And that's what happens. I said I was a little confused about the price. The price I saw online was $14,999, but this buyer's order was a jumble of numbers. Miguel said he needed to show some discounts to get from the list price to the internet price. He also said the $399 was pre-printed on the form. So what? Why do you do it? <laughs> it's there. Yeah. So we had to lower the price by that amount. He showed me that the sale price was $14,950 plus $399. Uh, came to the internet price, but it didn't, almost. Uh, a lot, very fuzzy. He asked if, uh, if everything looked good and good enough to proceed, and I replied that I would like to see a better discount if that was possible. Miguel said he'd, get, he'd go get the used car manager, then we let the games begin. Let me talk to my boss. Let me talk to the used car manager. Let us know if he can do that. He got up, walked out of the office, he and the used car manager had a cigarette, cup of coffee. They came back. I just made that up. Returning a few minutes later with Martin. Martin was a nice, was a nice guy. Shook all of our hands. Babies too. He wasn't pushy, but he was clear he really wanted to make a deal. He said that it was the last day of the month, and he wanted to get this into January. This is true. The last day of the month. Not an old wives' tale. Not an urban legend. It's true. Car dealers will discount vehicles more on the end of the month because they have to. It gets earns some bonuses. Salesmen's bonuses, dealers' bonuses. They all are precipitated on the last day of the month. So he did. He said he'd take a thousand dollars off if we took the deal today. Okay. My wife asked him how late they were open. He said they closed at nine PM. She told Martin and Miguel they were both very helpful and nice that we wanted to buy the car from them, but we needed to go home and talk it over. She explained this is what we did for every big purchase we make. We would return after dinner if we decided we wanted to do the deal. Martin said, I can respect that. 
And I respect that that Martin said, because a lot of times they get really pushy mm-hmm. when you start to walk out the door. It's going to uh, sell. No. You better leave us a deposit then. It's going to sell before you get back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Didn't do that. Price goes up tomorrow. <clears throat> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Raymond Honda, I give him an A-plus on courtesy and, and uh, sales ability, respect for women. Uh, they were very cool, very good. Uh, there we are. There we have the shopping report. Uh, I have to say something additional here because on their document, which they disclosed the dealer fee, fees, plural, uh, and they had, uh, they're required by law, it says purchase agreement. They didn't say this is a worksheet. They didn't say this is a scratch sheet. They said this is a purchase agreement. And nowhere on the purchase agreement is the disclosure required by federal law. I'm sorry, state law. Uh, Here's what it should say, and this is in the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices statute, statute number 501.976. They should say on this purchase agreement, this charge represents cost and profit to the dealer for items such as inspecting, cleaning, and adjusting vehicles and preparing documents related to the sale. They did not say that. Now, that's a violation of the law. Also, in their advertisement, which happened to be an online advertisement, they didn't even come close to that because they do have fine print. And here is their, I'm holding it up if you're on Facebook, I'm holding up their advertisement. This is the fine print, which you can't read. But I can tell you with my magnifying glass, looking close, and my bifocals, there is no disclosure in the fine print of this either. So, not only are additional dealer fees undisclosed and not included in the price, illegal not to include in the price, they're not even disclosing the amount or the fact that there is a dealer fee in the advertisement, and they're not putting on their vehicle buyer's order or their purchase agreement, which is amazing to me because Brayman is a big car dealership uh, dealer. He has 20 dealerships nationwide. So... That's a conundrum for us as we score this, and we have a little time left to score it. Uh, what are the scores? Well, we got the uh, grades are coming in online. Um, Miguel gives them a B, and I don't think it's the same Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> however, that is the hi- <laughs> however that is the highest grade that we got. Yeah, so well, maybe, it, maybe it, could, it is. Yeah, maybe it's Miguel. You're too modest. Hey, Miguel, Miguel you're a good salesman. Give me a call. I need a good salesman yeah. like you. If you can be honest, yeah. I'd love to hire well, you. I, you know, per, oh, I'll get to my grade in a second. Yeah. But, so some Miguel gave him a B. Uh, Lana, a C minus. Al, a B minus. John, a C. Linda, a D. Doug, or maybe Ollie did this an f uh jeff um said sounded good and hit all the fees solid b hmm maybe a b minus so a pass a pass yeah not for my grade i'm definitely going to pass them Uh, miguel gets an a um and like everything was great until the fees came in and we're we're grading on a curve and they they did nothing extraordinarily bad no um, but they also did a bunch of things extraordinarily good. Well, that's not good. true. But they did a well, I mean, extraordinarily different. No, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing yeah. out of the out of the yeah. norm. So Nancy, exactly. Um, I'm going to give uh, Miguel an A plus 
uh, for courtesy and yeah. so much more. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to give him a C minus. Miguel and Martin both get an A. Uh, Brayman overall is going to get a B from me. Um, I, again, they're doing what everyone else is yeah. doing with these fees. Yeah. It needs to be stopped. But uh, if if you're an educated buyer yeah. that you've listened even to this show a little bit, you'd know to look for those things and fight them a little bit. Yeah, We'll so. pass them. We're going to pass Brayman Honda and Green Acres. And I could just say one more time, very troubling that he did no disclosure on his purchase agreement. Yeah. That's something that even the bad <laughs> dealers do. And their website, because I went back to yeah. look to make sure I didn't miss it. Yeah. There's nothing. No nothing disclosure on the ad, no disclosure on the purchase agreement. Very serious violation of Florida law. You know what's cool? It's been a long time since we moved someone from the bad list to the good list. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Today. Okay, folks. That wraps it up. Thank you very much. I think we we're, are we're ready for the theme music. We're finished. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for spending your day with us, your, your morning with us, and we'll see you right back here, same time, same channel. Let's go.